0: Hello, my oral surgery friends. This is your host, Dr. Grant Stuckey. In this podcast, you will hear surgeons discussing ways to improve the practice of oral and maxillofacial surgery. The goal of this podcast is to evaluate every aspect that a surgeon can improve in order to create a better experience for patients, staff, and the surgeon. Most of the information shared in this podcast will be based on personal experience and opinions. The methods discussed are meant to provoke thought and should be supplemented with research into the approved studies prior to making changes to one's way of practice. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Everyday Oral Surgery. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Oral Surgery. Today we are discussing a little bit about the electronic medical record or dental records that we use. Today, I'm with Dr. Scott Weisskopf and Jake Stuckey. Thank you guys for being here. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, so first question, we'll start with you, Scott. What is the electronic record system that you guys use?
1: Yeah, so uh, our our practice management software at our office is DSN, oral surgery exec, and we have the, the EMR option uh, on there so all of our our medical records are electronic within the system and you know I'm not sure if you're familiar with with that PMR but it's a template based system um, so you've got you've got Different fields, you know, for your consultation, you know, you've got your chief complaint, uh, HPI, got your medical history information, physical exam, things like that. And then there's free text boxes in each area, and then uh, some options on the side, another box where you can just click patient denies any past surgical complications or no previous surgeries or patient's not a smoker, just any of those quick text things that you use a lot. Patient referred here from doctor and it puts in their, their, whoever the referral is in the system for evaluation of 116, 1732. So any of those kind of quick things, you don't have to type it out. You just click on it and it puts it in there and it, it does make it, make it pretty quick.
0: All right, and how are you doing this? So you have different text boxes, so for each patient, are you filling in like HPI and medical history?
1: Yeah, so so what happens is when when a, a, someone comes in for a consultation, one of my assistants will seat them in the consult room, they'll go over there the electronic forms that they filled out ahead of the appointment and uh, also we, we use our, our website is is uh, done by PBHS and they have a a system called true forms that uh, I guess is part of PBHS and so the the patient will fill out their History, all the, all the forms that you would normally have a patient fill out prior to appointment, they'll do that online on the website, and all that automatically gets put into the EMR. So all the medications that they're on, all the medical issues, things like that, automatically are in there, so my assistant doesn't have to spend the time doing that. Then they'll, they'll kind of go over and they'll, they'll talk to the patient, you know, why are you here? What's going on? They'll put in the, the chief complaint. They'll fill out as much of the HPIs as they can from, from their quick talk with the patient. And then they'll come get me, kind of give me a quick blurb about Miss Susie's here for, for wisdom teeth. She's completely healthy. So I'll go in, I'll talk to them. And then so we've got in our consult rooms, we've got a one computer with kind of a, a TV monitor, so a big monitor set up. And the patient's x-ray is is up. On there their Panorex is up on there, and my assistant will come in with a laptop on a on a rolling cart she'll just wheel that in and so while I'm talking to the patient, the assistant will be entering some more information in you know maybe I ask some additional questions how long have you been on antibiotics what antibiotic things like that and they'll they'll be typing that in as I'm talking to the patient and then I'll do a uh, a quick exam they'll enter that into the into the e m r and I'll step over to the to the chart and I'll write down okay you know one in sixteen or full bony, seventeen thirty-two partial bony, and that's 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 what we give to the treatment coordinator to come up with a, a treatment plan. And my assistant will see what I've written down, put that in the EMR. So when I when I walk out of the consult, my my consult note is pretty much already written for me. I just have to go through it and make sure everything's correct, and then just sign it. So it makes it pretty efficient.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's a good use of. A staff member, you know, while you're talking, to be recording it on a different computer. It's a good technique to be more efficient and not have to sit around writing your notes at the end of the day, trying to remember what did, what did they say, what did this happen, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then we do the same thing for post ops as well. Somebody comes in, and it's a little bit of training for the assistants because as I'm talking to the patient, I'm I'm not really speaking in specific oral surgery terms. I'm, you know, I'm talking to them as a layman and, and my assistant, kind of interprets what I'm saying to put in a more, you know, professional sounding uh, term in the note. So, you know, someone comes in for, for, for an infection, I'll, I'll kind of, as I'm doing my exam, I'll say, okay, uh, I don't see any, no infection under the jaw and you can open, okay. And so my assistant will kind of interpret that in the note, say something like, all right, inferior border of the mandible and angle palpable, you know, MIO within normal limits. And so she'll kind of, it's, it's a little bit of training. You have to kind of get them to, uh, you know, because you can start getting some very unprofessional sounding notes if your assistant is just kind of typing word for word what you're saying
0: okay and do you have like some type of something you copy and paste or like a template that automatically says the routine stuff about third molars and exams
1: yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in, in the EMR part of the software, we've got, you know, an area that's, uh, it says counseling note. And so there's one button that we just click on the left and it automatically imports patient, um, you know, counseled on extraction of third molars, all the risks, benefits, alternatives, all listed in there already, which is everything that I've talked about, but the assistant doesn't have to type that in because that's pretty much the same with every case. I have had to come back a couple of times and, and talk to my assistants. You know, i I. May say something like because your roots end a good distance away from the sinus the risk of issues with the sinus is low and so you know my assistant may type in there dr Weisskopf says no risk of sinus injury and and i read that and i'm like whoa whoa, whoa! never say anything about there's no risk to anything i don't care how low it is you don't type in the note there's no risk (laughs) so it's it's you know it's about training
0: you know i mean because like for example like You know, the two, so when you're looking in the mouth, do you say things like, okay, it looks red and swollen, so your your system can write that down? Or is there something that already says tissues, erythematous and edematous and whatever, probing depths and.
1: You can you can put any of those templates or any of those quick phrases on the left that you can just click on. And I have some some assistants that that just click on them, and I have some assistants that type it down. It's just you know it's whatever is is easier for the person entering the note. But DSN has it both ways. You can type it freehand. You can just click on the thing in there. But yeah, when I'm looking in the mouth, I'll say all right, 17 and 32 partially exposed one in 16, not clinically visible. And if I don't mention anything about erythema or edema, they'll just, they'll either type in or click the little box that says no erythema or edema noted.
0: Okay. So this is OMS exec, right?
1: Yeah. DSN oral surgery exec.
0: Okay. Do they also have the ability to send prescriptions electronically to the pharmacy or how is that handled?
1: We do, yeah, um, so we have uh, they, they partner with a, a company called Dose Spot. so you enter in your prescriptions within DSN and you click an electronic button after you've entered in the patient's height, weight, and pharmacy into, into DSN. You click the electronic button, it opens up a browser window where you can send in prescriptions electronically, even narcotics, and I've got an app on my phone that just that generates a, a six digit number and you just refresh that number and, and you can send in narcotics uh, as well.
2: You have to have like a new authentication or number for every single prescription you send.
1: Yeah, uh, every every patient. So you, I'll send you know my my normal prescriptions for third molars are are Norco, ibuprofen, amoxicillin, and Paradex. and and so we'll send all four of those in, and it's just one number that I put in. the The six digit number is is for the narcotic and then there's a pin that has to go in for for the rest of them so the pin stays the same it's my pin it's a four-digit number i type that in and then i put in the six-digit one-time use code for the narcotic and then all four of them go in
0: we use epic and so we do our like our prescriptions electronically we have to for a narcotic it like prompts you for a password so you could type in your password and then there's a um multi-factor authenticator that you're talking about but we have the option of switching it from the number because it can generate a number or you can just put a a push notification to your phone so you just click on the computer sends the push your phone shows it and you just click yes this is me and so that's that's nice because you're not having to type in a six digit or whatever number it's just more of one or two clicks on your phone
1: yeah, that that definitely can get a little bit annoying because you know we'll always send in the prescriptions before the surgery. That way, they're ready at the pharmacy for the patient. And you know, almost always, I'm 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 gowning up. I'll get my gloves on, and then my assistant's like, "Oh, oh doc, can I get a six-digit number?" And I'm like, oh, gosh, okay, I gotta take all this off now. I get my phone." Yeah. Uh, so that that can be annoying. You know, one one good thing about uh, the system that we use too is is within DoseSpot you can automatically check the controlled substance database to see list of previous narcotics that the patient has, has received. Um, so it, all that's automatic. You just click a button and it'll pop up a report, which is which is good nowadays.
0: That's cool. Very very cool. We recently started our Epic six months ago and can be very annoying with the prescriptions for sure. It's so much easier just to stamp a hard copy and you hand it to them and go whatever pharmacy. When it's electronic, the pharmacy has to be entered correctly. For example, it was incorrect a couple weeks ago and we sent all the prescriptions to Peoria, Illinois, not Peoria, Colorado. So the patient's like at the pharmacy, just flipping out. Like, where's my prescriptions? You
2: idiots! We'll well, and they can't them. be transferred, right? Like narcotics can't be just like swapped over. You have to resend them, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We we run into that issue sometimes too, and you know, it's uh, some sometimes it's it's our mistake. We put in the wrong pharmacy. Sometimes it's the patient mistake. The the patient tells us one thing, but then the mom is like, I don't know why she would tell you that. We want, we always go to this pharmacy, so. It's uh it's just a big hassle.
0: What are some of the are there any cons or things about the DSN that you don't like or is it all pretty flawless?
1: So right now, and they're about to release a new version that, that solves this, is there's no cloud-based options. So you've got to have a server, you've got to have your database on site. You know, a lot of the, uh, some of the other companies, I think WinOms uh, has a cloud-based option. So your data is, is you know, in the cloud and, and uh, you don't need quite as much computer power or server power at the office. DSN, I, I believe it's sometime this year is supposed to come out with a version that, that is cloud-based if, if if that's an option. But uh, our current server is getting a little old and we're, we're gonna have to replace it pretty soon and if we if we don't have to spend as much money on a super beefy one to to house the database then that would be nice
0: oh well, that's good to know it's i think especially nice if you go into multiple offices or you know you have to use it from home the stuff like that it's nice to have it all in a cloud because it's all shared okay there's a lot of you know good stuff epic has endless amounts of things you can change and buttons and things i do a lot of templates like in google drive and i'll copy and paste some of those statements and whatever exam notes into epic and you can make them into smart notes you know where it's like dot os console or something and you just type that and then the note populates and things like that but it's also If you use some of the Epic templates, it can be annoying because they have all these like little extra slots you have to fill out and it won't let you complete the note until you've clicked on every little smart area and stuff like that. So sometimes it's easier just to copy and paste like a oral surgery note from your Google Drive or something like that. Another question is, is there any certain phrases, things that you put in your notes, you know, have your notes evolved over the years and what do you include? in your notes to avoid any medical legal issues.
1: One thing that I, I will always put in there, if if there is a question of restorability of a tooth and and the patient either doesn't want to go to the dentist or has seen a dentist and doesn't want to save it, I will put in there: patient refuses non-surgical treatment for the tooth and wishes for it to be removed, because that is that's kind of a, a big deal. You so they can't come back and, and say, well, nobody ever told me I could save this tooth. Now now I'm toothless and I look like a hillbilly and it's all your fault and you know, I'm taking your car now. So.
0: Exactly. Jeez. So that's how they do it in the South. It's just take like your personal property.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> handshake.
0: That's- just a handshake and you're done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just come to your house with a shotgun and solve their problem.
0: Yeah. You know, that's a, I like that. It's just more straightforward here in the West. Everyone hides behind a keyboard and their lawyer and, and you never really actually meet the person again. <laughs> No, I was going to say, um, I've had multiple experiences that have caused me to add things to my notes. One is making it very clear when when you're going to sedate someone in your consult note, making it very clear why they're being sedated. You know, the patient is anxious. They're nervous. They are requesting sedation. They have a bad gag reflex, you know. And this didn't specifically happen to me, but I had a friend or an acquaintance who had mobile anesthesia come in and sedate one of his patients, and the, it wasn't clearly stated why the patient needed anesthesia, and the patient ended up having a pretty severe complication, and he was litigated and it, because the parents claimed, hey, we didn't really even it was a it was a kind of a younger kid. We didn't even want sedation. You know, the kid could have handled it and we don't know why they were sedated. And there's no notes saying why there was sedation when it was a procedure that could have been done under local. So, that's important. One of the, one drop in the bucket. There's so many other things. I think it's also important to be accurate with the HPI, you know, how much pain they're having, when it started. We've had patients come in after the fact and say you know, this tooth wasn't bothering me. I don't know why you took it out and kind of that type of a thing. And we're talking like totally bombed out abscess curious roots. And they're saying, I wanted that to stay in there. And you're just like, oh my gosh. So, notes that indicate that they clearly were having issues,
2: things like that. Any other comments about that stuff? Well, I mean, just with any note, it's I, I know it's obvious and basic and everyone should do this, but you know, the importance of just getting like a thorough, past medical history, allergies, what meds are they on. Numerous issues could have been avoided, and are, and you know, many are avoided just by getting that information to make sure you're not skipping over anything. Something as simple as a patient telling you that they have osteogenesis imperfecta could avoid bilateral mandible fractures, which luckily has happened to me, but you know, that's that kind of stuff happens a lot. And so by not skipping over, breezing through anything, doesn't mean you have to take a half an hour going through every single day. People have had things happen, but getting a thorough history. And then um, I think for, for billing purposes and insurance purposes, it's important to have, I know it's obvious, but again, in your exam, it should have findings that support your diagnosis, right? Any diagnosis you make as to why you know you need to do treatment should have relevant descriptors and findings in the exam and in the radiographic exam. Just like as a reminder, because we've had, you know, things kicked back from our, you know, billing department saying like, you know, you want to take out four different wisdom teeth, but your note says nothing about why there's a problem other than they need to come out. So, that's always something that should be done.
1: Yeah. And also too, along the lines of what, what needs to go in the note is anytime I say anything about increased risk of, of, of anything that has to go in there. I talked to my assistants. I'm not so, so concerned about you putting in there that they're at a lower risk of, of such and such. But if I, if I say anything outside of my normal talk with, with wisdom teeth that, you know, they've, they've heard it a million times. If there's anything that I stray from there, it's, it's important enough that I'm mentioning it. So that needs to go in the note, you know, your higher risk of uh, mandibular nerve injury, this tooth, you know, whatever, whatever it is. It's just, if, if I, if I stray from my normal talk, it's it's important enough that it needs to go in the note.
0: I like that a lot and very important to talk about the risks and especially, you know, there's always those patients who were offered restorative treatment, right? Like, oh, this could be fixed with a root canal and a crown, but they're opting not to do that and, and you know, delineating all of that. Like we discussed it, we gave them the option, it could be restored, they decided not to, you know, and and it's annoying to document all of this. But it's just very important because a well documented note can be the difference between a big lawsuit or settling a lot of money and things like that.
2: So super important to to do that. And and even going off of that, I think it's important to to document accurately anything that happens during treatment that might be out of the ordinary. You know, if there is a sinus exposure, if something does happen with the flap or the lingual nerve, or whatever may happen. Rather than, you know, minimizing those things or not mentioning them, you know, I always try to make a note in there, you know, extracted this tooth, whatever happened, maybe like a one by two millimeter per note into the, into the maxillary sinus, you know, closed it in this certain way, you know, inform the patient, it was agreeable, we'll follow up in two weeks, whatever it may be. Because if you don't mention any of those things and there is an issue in the future, I feel like it, you know, luckily I haven't had to deal with that. But it definitely would be more difficult to, you know, explain to the patient what happened and why you don't have any information as to, you know, what happened. So, I I always, you know, tend to be very clear and honest with my patients if anything happens out of the ordinary, not in any way that I think would freak them out or, you know, alarm them, something definitely you want to guide your patients or say, hey, these things happen, this is what happened, this is what we're going to do, do you have any questions, and then documenting that I think is, is a good practice.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially documenting that, not just documenting the, the you know, complication, but documenting that you have informed the patient or the patient's, you know, parents of the complication. That's another, that's a, that's a big key difference there.
0: Yep. I like that a lot. I think a lot of important things to record. So I think having templates, having assistance writing down as you're doing it, just some more documenting you can have and the, and current is much better than trying to remember everything at the end of the day and, you know, spending an hour writing all your notes or two hours try, trying to do it right when it happens. So, there's a big shift, you know, of over the last few years, but I think really a big push now for pharmacies to only accept electronic things. And so, I think in the next year or two... At least in Colorado, I think starting this January or sometime next year, they all the pharmacies said we are not taking any paper prescriptions at all. And so, a lot of people are going to be switching to electronic records and, you know, really important to make it thorough and understand how your system works and, and, and all these things because it is very complicated, especially when you've been doing everything on paper. So, I think this is a good, relevant topic. Any other things you guys want to discuss about electronic records or taking notes?
2: Well, I wanted to ask with with the EMR, do you guys use it for other things like planning for implant, like your stock or ordering? I know I have a friend who, whenever he plans an implant, you know, he'll send a little note to his team that says that on this day, it's going to be like a five five 5.3 times 10. And then it automatically starts... All these things start happening, you know, they're sending an order automatically goes out, they bring it in, it's in a little baggie, and it literally will just print like a thank you letter or like a uh, follow up letter for the, the referring dentist that has all that info. There's just a lot of other things that could potentially be done, but I don't know how much work that would be to actually keep that up and running uh, versus doing it manually.
1: Uh, so our, our software has an inventory management kind of module that you can add on to it. We don't use that. We, we do our inventory separately. Uh, the way that I kind of keep track of what I'm going to be needing in the future as far as implants go, I have a, a shared to-do list online that I have a, I have the a kind of a, a window open on my computer all the time, and all my assistants can access it on any of the other computers in the office. And as soon as I'll see a implant consultation, or if someone's ready for an implant, they will add the patient's name to that. To do list, along with the date that they're scheduled for the surgery, that tells me, okay, I need to plan this case on uh, on the software. And then once I plan it, I move them down to a separate list on there. Once I print the guide, I move it down to another list. So, and I'll, I'll enter in the implant that I'm planning on using for that patient. So everyone's on the same page. It's all documented on this uh, on this to do list, and you know I check them off as I do the surgery. So it makes it makes the process pretty streamlined.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, I think the more you can use your system for, the better, and the more you can have your staff members helping you out with different things, the better. There's a lot of good medical legal attorneys out there, too, probably, who could give you advice on what to include. But I think overall, just being thorough with your findings, your discussion with the patient, the risks, the diagnosis, all that stuff needs to be in a note i always do good notes and take time to write good notes. That's all I've got on this topic. It's not the most exciting, but it's one of those we have to deal with. I know a lot of us just detest the time of day where we have to write notes. For me, it's the most painful part of my day is writing all the flipping notes and reviewing it and trying to, to go over every little detail and get prescriptions signed and all that stuff. But
2: anyways, although I guess else? one of the pro tips maybe is that you, uh, you listen to maybe like audiobooks, or maybe you let people should listen to this podcast or whatever it may be to keep them (laughs) occupied Netflix. Um, Nothing that would distract you, but keep you focused. That is a good pro tip. I will say that
0: when I write my notes at the end of the day, if I have a few, I set up my phone and I I'm watching Seinfeld. I'm rewatching all the episodes of Seinfeld. They're on Netflix now. Scott, what is your favorite episode of Seinfeld?
1: Oh, my gosh. Let's see. Um, I would probably have to say soup Nazi. <laughs>
2: no uh, soup I knew, for you. Uh, <laughs> I, I had
0: a feeling you were going to say that. But you cannot underestimate the power of the bubble boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also a good one. Also a good
0: one. The moops. <laughs> it's the moors. <laughs> moops. Oh, my gosh. There's so many stupid
2: episodes, but it's hilarious. That's awesome. Jake, do you have a favorite or no? It's been a long time since I've seen it. I feel like I saw the, the Muffin Tops episode recently, which is like everyone only eats the Muffin Tops or something. He left a huge bag at the bottom. <laughs> uh, Elaine's trying to
0: dispose of the Muffin Bottom. That's right. Big trash bags. No one wants that stuff. Jerry uh, shaves his chest and he's turning into a werewolf. He has to keep <laughs> shaving it over and over. So <laughs> oh anything God. to keep you busy while you're writing notes <laughs> yes <laughs> something to break the monotony all right well thank you guys for joining us for this topic hopefully it's been useful scott are you okay if people contact you if they have questions about that program you're using
1: oh yeah absolutely the name of the the software the to-do list is to doist t-o-d-o-i-s-t to doist todoist. yeah and then answer i'll be happy to answer any questions Awesome.
0: Thank you, guys. Have a good rest of your day. I appreciate you taking some time on a
2: Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. See ya. Have a good one.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Everyday Oral Surgery. If you are an oral and maxillofacial surgeon and would like to be on this podcast, please email me at grantstuky gmail.com or text me at 720-441-6059. Also, if you have any topics that you would like to hear discussed or feedback on a certain episode that has already aired, please call or email or text me. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.